big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. I'm Lael Stone and my lovely co-host Marion is with me today because we are going to do two parts to this podcast called Fathers and what we are doing is we are going to interview fathers and some pretty amazing fathers um, that we wanted to talk to about Aware Parenting so joining me today is my beautiful, beloved husband, Mike. Hi, darling. Hi. And um, we thought, well, we get a lot of requests from people wanting to know where fathers sit, whether we're parenting, because a lot of women do talk about it. We have, you know, mainly women who often come for our sessions or want to do the work. And I know from, you know, my workshops or having couples come that dads are really looking for, you know, does this stuff actually work? And you know, what does it look like years down the track? And so Mary and I thought it would be really beneficial to hear from some dads who have journeyed where parenting for a long time. Uh, between us, we have three children. Our, our son, he is 20 and we have a 17-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old daughter. And I think we've been together for, oh, um, well, we've been married for about 18 years, but maybe about 22, 23 years. I don't know. You stop counting after a while, I think. So we have journeyed a lot of things together. And it hasn't all been roses, as we might hear today. You know, we've had many ups and downs in our parenting journey, many challenges. And, you know, I feel very lucky that I'm sitting here with you and that Mike's going to share a bit about his story. To give you the heads up, Mike's a bit of a behind the scenes man. He doesn't really like doing the, the talking out front. So I, I feel very lucky that he's here willing to share some of his story today. I don't think that's just me. I think that's generally uh, dads. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. So we'll see. So yeah. hopefully, um, you know, dads get some, you know, if you share this with your partners or men are listening, that this inspires them a little bit around, you know, what a way parenting can be. And I guess, you know, just one person's journey. So I would like to start, Mike, by yeah. asking you a little bit about your journey as a dad. So do you remember how it felt when you became a father? I do. It was uh, quite amazing, actually, and life-changing instantly. Um, I just remember being rocked, absolutely rocked, and sort of, I mean, the, the cliche, and, you know, it's weird sort of looking at you talking about this because probably know these stories, but um, yeah, how instantly everything changes and outlook on life changes and respect for you and women changed immediately. Um, and yeah, I, I, I figure you just drop into your heart straight away. That's, that's, that was the biggest thing for me that you just, all the bullshit falls away and you just, you get real. Mm. That's, that's it. And I've, I've shared on our podcast before, you know, when our son was born 20 years ago, you know, I had a really rocky birth and um, I, I think I spent the first year of his life in shock. I didn't really feel like I was very connected to him and it was a really challenging, mm -hmm. 
introduction into parent into motherhood for me and mm. you know you definitely stepped up and, and we've talked about this before but I think <laughs> me just not really coping allowed such a beautiful space for you to bond with our son yeah well Kai was a blessing I guess for both of us in, in different ways um, I jumped in just because that's what felt natural um, but let me go back a sec just to validate this in public as well. It wasn't a rocky, a rocky um, birth. It was just two young kids who didn't know what the hell was going on, having a baby and then getting thrown into something that, you know, society sort of expects us to pick up and run with. I um, can't remember your question, but what was... Where I was we go with this? you really kind of, you know, connected and bonded with him really early. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, no secret that that you may have, are we allowed to say that you might may have struggled a little bit sort of connecting? Yep, straight away. Um, whereas it just felt natural and I'd, I just stayed in that that heart zone like instantly. Um, and, and part of it, I guess, was because you were exhausted and you were sort of not all together with it. But the other was just, it was just an instant, love it was an instant connection with another person that just rocked my world instantly I had no idea why um i wasn't i was sure as hell not searching for anything like that never was um but yeah it, it just happened naturally and and i i ran with it mm, beautiful mm. yeah so i would love to know then what have you found the most challenging parts of being a father what has been the hardest bits for you? Oh, so many ding, different answers to that. Um, I guess the most challenging bit has been not trying to fix things, feeling like it's my responsibility traditionally, you know, as dad to fix stuff. Um, yeah, that's probably been the, the trickiest thing. And um, that understanding of that the kids are going to grow being who they need to be. I mean, you, you can't be unsafe with them and not give them some sort of guidance and boundary. But, yeah, it's not up to us to fix everything. So that's been, that's always been tricky. Um, yeah, I mean, next, I guess, is coupled with that is the, is the listening because instantly, and I don't want to be all cliche and just go men, but we do, we, we hear things and we automatically come up with a solution. So yeah, that's really tricky. Mm. Less now, but it, in the beginning for sure it was. Yeah. So do you mean in the sense of that when the kids got upset or oh, of course. Was wrong, you just would what was her name? Where she live? How do you, has she got a dad who I can go and have a chat to? So just like wanting to just fix stuff straight away whenever there was. An yeah, answer. absolutely. Because you want to protect your you protect your kids. That's you know that's uh, one of our roles. Um, so yeah, just allowing them to express where they're at is in the beginning was tricky because that wasn't a solution. That was just it was it was fantastic looking back now. But then when it was just starting off, it was just so hard mm. because there was no reference point of where this is going to end. And I remember, I really quickly remember you saying to me when we first started work parenting and we were doing a lot of listening to feelings and tears and I remember one day you said to me, is this, is this going to work? Like, what's going to happen? And well, you just don't know. Yeah. I mean, you can trust and believe, mm -hmm. but, you know, you need some, 
Yeah, you need a lot of trust. Yeah. Because we've got the biggest, say a horrible word, assets of our life, our children. Mm -hmm. So we want to know that, you know, we're doing our job, which is creating the best versions of them that they can be. Mm. And I think, you know, because like we both came from families where we didn't necessarily have our feelings listened to, it was very challenging. And would you say that was, you know, apart from part of wanting to fix, but being able to sit in that space when the kids were really upset and stay present was, was tricky? Yeah, of course. I mean, truth is that the... <laughs> the um, example that we've got, well, that I've got, and a lot of, you know, men in my generation and above were of fathers who didn't do that. So therefore it was, it was unusual. It was, it was a sign of weakness. It was a sign of, um, you know, lack of respect. It was, you know, you just, dad's men got in and just, got it done, got it sorted, got it fixed, got it, shut the situation down. Mm. So that was, that was the, you know, the programming before that. So yeah, tricky to, to break that pattern, mm. but an awesome thing to do. Mm. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I guess then in, in regards to with parenting, you know, what have you found hard? What has been challenging? Well, I guess that just goes back to the, the previous answer, you know, that, that was the tricky bit was cause it, I mean, it's, it's definitely not tricky to, to sit and connect with your kids. It's definitely not tricky to you know, hold the space for them to be safe, to share with you what's going on. It's definitely not tricky to jump in and well now, sorry, um, to jump in and not have to fix a situation. Um, so yeah, the same as the, uh, the, earlier question which was in the beginning it was really tricky not to fix the problems mm, mm. so and did you you know did, did raising our kids in this way of doing web parenting bring up feelings from your own childhood of course it did yeah absolutely mm. um it's just so natural i think and it's it's ingrained in you to carry on the same process well, not the same process that's the wrong word but this the, the way that your parents sort of raised you so it just feels like this fight in the beginning that I should be doing it this way because that's what my parents did to me um, so yeah it's really really tricky to to break the pattern and, and stand out on your own and and do it completely differently yeah. Yeah. and I mean look we've both had many conversations over the years of stuff that's come up from our own childhoods of, you know, bits and pieces that have felt very confronting and challenging. And, you know, I think they're the pieces that bring the gold when we see what it is that we didn't get when we were kids. Yeah. And how that can, that can turn up with our own kids when they're behaving a certain way and we get really triggered and we get, you know, we start to get angry or yell, those kind of things, because it's tapping us into the stuff that, totally. that we... We never got. Yeah, which surprisingly I'm observing, well, specifically the relationship with my father is completely different with the kids, our kids, um, than he was with me, for example. So he's softened a lot with that next generation, maybe um, maybe watching the way that we've done it. I'm not too sure. Sort of would, wouldn't claim that, but it definitely is softening. I think, you know, when they're going, when they were going through it, it was just... 
it wasn't as known, you know, they didn't value emotions as much as just getting shit done, getting through. So, yeah, they shut us down really quickly and it was too easy for them not to understand their kids or I don't get her all, you know, this is the way I think and, you know, just, um, yeah, dominate their children to think the same way. But I don't know. I mean, we've got the beauty of looking back 20 years on to sort of prove that that doesn't work. Mm. Well, well I think prove, that's a, a big word, but at least as have an example of. Yeah, and I think it is, it's, look, as we, we were discussing before this podcast, you know, we're all doing the best job we know how, and your parents mm. were and my parents were, and, you know, as you we said before, yeah. you know, they're, they're doing what they know. And I think the tricky part is, is that being able to identify when those bits turn up for us as parents and where that can be reflected in our kids. And I guess where I find it um, interesting is that for men, it is an even, it appears to be an even greater stretch to delve into that. You know, I work with a lot of women who are far more willing to look at their own stories and what they didn't get, but it often is really challenging for men to do that. And, you know, I think that has got a lot to do with our culture and society and feelings and emotions, all those kind of things. Like what, what do you feel around that? I think it's the next generation is getting better. I think that we're still stuck as in I'm a mid 40 year old man. <laughs> Closer to 50 now, honey. You can't say mid. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that it's, it's not um, natural and accepted widely for us to actually share emotionally because we haven't been shown that path. So most men that I'm connected with are doing it because they've taught themselves, I believe. And they've really, okay, they've had a little bit, some people have had snippets from, from generations above, but, but we're starting to express ourselves and share a lot more with who we are emotionally with our peers, friends, families. Um, whereas that's the way we're raising our kids to be, to feel like it's safe to express, whereas it was never safe for us to express our emotions, A, because it wasn't the natural thing to do, and secondly, it was shut down because they didn't know how to deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, generation upon generation will get better. So, you know, I'm excited to see what, you know, the next couple of gens are when it's totally cool and you can still be a bloke and a man and whatever you paint that picture to be. Um, and have all the responsibilities that go with whatever you define as being a man, but also just expressing and being vulnerable. And and even sitting here, this is not natural to share this because I will share it with my closest circle, but I'm not traditionally been willing to open up and share it with whomever is listening to this that then casts some sort of judgment over that guy you know it's and and who cares like really but there's this part in us that's just like no can't show any weakness Mm. yeah it's mad it's mad Mm. but you take that into parenthood and we want to be better Mm. we want our kids to be better we don't want to raise kids who are just the same as us believe the same as us do the same as us we want to give them the foundations to be able to then go and express themselves and, you know, find their truth and be the best them that they can be, not just be little us. That's not what we're after. Mm, I love that. And so, I mean, what do you see then in our son, in, in you doing that and giving him permission? Because there's been many times where, 
you've been vulnerable in front of him and you've cried and you know you've we've you know had big you know discussions over the years where do you see that that lands within him uh, I think he's got the freedom to believe that he can be the most awesome him possible. And that's, that's the ultimate answer. I, I really believe. So, I mean, there's little sub answers of, oh, it's great that I have a relationship that he feels safe coming to talk to me. Um, it's awesome that he um, feels comfortable enough to be able to share life decisions with me. Um, it, you know, all those little things, but really, rip away the relationship and um, what my expectations or what my relationship is with my son or daughters. But the, the gold is that I'm looking at him and the girls, that they are being raised in a way that they have the strength and ability to express and be who they are and who the best versions of them. And I know that's a throwaway cheap little line, but it really is. Do you know what I mean? That's what's valuable not what they believe in, not who they vote for, what they believe in, you know, who they barrack for, who they, yeah. All of that. All of that. I mean, you hear kids talking and they talk to you and I'm just hearing their parents Mm. because it's the same language. It's the Mm. same beliefs. You haven't lived those stories to be able to be telling me this as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. Mm. So these stories are being indoctrinated mm. into you and then that's not what we need that's mm. we no, need no, you to really. stand on your feet and believe in what you believe in yes i love that i mean that has been a big value of ours is for our children to be the full expression of themselves i think that's something that when we have sat down and said what do we want for our kids i mean you did say you want our kids to have good rhythm i did that was one of them <laughs> you, you want them to love music you know? i said music <laughs> street rhythm. smarts and rhythm. <laughs> And they do have good rhythm. They do. They can all clap in time. (laughs) So let's look at rhythm slightly differently. And maybe it's not a musicality, but it's actually just the ability to float with life. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, beautiful. I love it. I love it. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about when you have a lot of listeners who are, you know, parents with young families. And, you know, the young years are hard. Like, I mean, you think back to those years, honey, when we had little kids. And, you know, it was tricky. It was challenging, especially before I think we started working with the word parenting. You know, there was there was a lot of kind of um, resistance and there was, you know, the kids weren't really that balanced and I definitely wasn't balanced and probably weren't, you weren't either. And mm. they were really challenging years and, and we had to work to really get through them to sure. find our way and our centering stay connected within it. Yep. But I think when our kids were little... You know, we did often come back to what do we want? What's important here? What do we what do we want our children to feel? You know, what is and and that value of being free to be them was totally. really high. And I think, you know, that's what we've we've really encouraged them to do through schooling, through things they're interested in, through, you know, how they express themselves with their clothing, their hair, all of that mm. is that we want them to be just who they are. And enjoy what they do. Like, we'll go back to when it was tough, and it really was tough, was I think we made a very um, clear decision that although it was challenging and it was tough, we didn't have to bring that to the kids and we didn't have to bring that to our family unit, but just embrace the crazy and just float with it, you know, and because... I had the opportunity, well, not the opportunity, but the choice to then go and be that, you know, 
dude to go away and work 18 hours a day and, you know, have X amount of mortgages, never be there for my kids, or I could just be with them. And being with them meant that there is no use being with them if you're just going to be complaining about how exhausted you are or how hard it is or so forth. So just enjoy it, embrace the crazy That's mm-hmm. and enjoy it. That's, yeah, that was, that was awesome actually looking back to it was hard, <laughs> of course it was hard yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it changes and I think you grow and you learn and I think that's the most powerful part and that's one of the things we've talked about a lot is yeah. continuing to grow yeah and when one of us was really stuck we would always kind of call each other out and go come on mm. like you know our commitment is to hold each other to the best version of the person that we are yep. so come with me Totally. And I think that's been really powerful over the years to keep doing that, to keep growing, to stay connected then to be able to, you know, to raise our kids in this way. Yeah, but it's been it's been hard, but I think it has, I mean, I always often say this, this, you know, we're parenting or doing this stuff is long game. You know, it, it feels, you know, it feels yeah. tricky sometimes in the moments, but it is putting in that foundation and that effort to see where it comes out the other end Mm -hmm. and we often say that don't we how rich we are because we have these relationships with our kids that are so deep and profound and you know we still have challenges and our kids still have challenges stuff that still feels tricky there is no perfect but i think at the end of the day that foundation of connection is is strong yeah, absolutely. And that's the key, isn't it? Because that's what we're in this for. We're in this to raise amazing human beings. That's what we're they're doing. We are not doing this to create mates or, you know, friends long game, but we want to have a relationship with our children, but not as the parent. We want to have a relationship as human beings at the end. So therefore, if we've given 20 years or so to hear, hold, listen, and love, then it's going to come back. And now to just have those little snippets of conversation where it's brought to you rather than you trying to extract the conversation, that's the gold. Mm. I mean, who, are, yeah, mm. it's, it's a blessing. Mm. And it was tricky. And, and I go back to original question, which was to listen to one of the girls talking about some other girl at school who's blah, 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 I hate, I this, crying, tears, not being able to fix it and then turn around, Dad, can you give me a lift to her place? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Are you? Hang on a second. What? I've just sat with you for 45 minutes listening and holding this. It don't make sense. Okay. Trust it is. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, we must admit that there's been many times you look at me and go, what? I do not understand this oh, female thing. Mate. I don't understand that the feelings of all the emotions of the friendships and then like two hours later we're friends again. You're like, I yeah. just do not get that. Yeah, that's still tricky to get by. But... Yeah, you still struggle with yeah. that, don't you? But that's them figuring out relationships. And Absolutely. It. And yes, that's yeah. where it does require a bit of patience to just be like, mm-hmm. yep. just going to keep listening and mm-hmm. keep listening. So what has being a father showed you about yourself? Just a light question. Wow. I might need you to ask that question one more time. What has being a father showed you about yourself? Wow. That I have a really nice heart. Mm. Yeah. I'm a good man. 
um, and I've passed it on to my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Can I give you any more then? No, that's, that's, that's beautiful. It. I want to hear the light and the dark, you know. So, you know, I think in all of it, it, it shows us, I mean, I, and that's what I see in your course. I just see mm. your ability to love and to hold and to accept and all that stuff. And I think, you know, that that's the joys of parenthood. But it, it also shows us the shadow parts. It oh, shows totally. us our impatience. It shows us our judgments. It's, you know, oh, you got any shadow there that you want to share? You know, you asked what is it to <laughs> Okay, yeah, I took it straight away as being positive, didn't I? Positive, <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's positive as well, but it's, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definite darkness, isn't there? Um, but that's all good. That teaches you about yourself and makes you more compassionate, um, makes you more... Um, thoughtful of other people makes you more aware of the words and the actions that you use and say mm. and how that impacts other people. You know, I'm still learning that. Mm. I have the ability to maybe not be so sensitive, but yeah, let's just go back to the positive, <laughs> which is. <laughs> and yeah. you know what I, I mean, I love this so much about you, you know, you. This is great. Are you enjoying this? Yeah, this is perfect. I didn't know what to expect, but sure. Um, Years ago, you know, you used to coach soccer. You used to football, sorry, football. All those people out there. Um, You used to coach football and you used to coach boys, you know, and what I used to love, we used to talk about, it's not about teaching them to play good football. It was teaching them to become good men. And, you know, I used to observe you, taking boys aside one by one, like looking in the eye, you know, really calling this kind of spirit forward or just really acknowledging them. And it was pretty profound to watch those kids respond to you when you really saw them. But football was just the vehicle. As my closest and nearest brothers I play cards with, it's got nothing to do, okay, a little bit about the cards, but it's just a vehicle to connect. And traditionally, men need a vehicle. So um, that was a perfect opportunity to get into kids and actually connect deeper with them over football or, you know, training or strategy, but just actually get them to be the best participants that they can be, not from a winning perspective, but just their journey, you know. And we, and you remember, we had kids who were terribly challenged with their ability. <laughs> to play football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the sweetest kids, you know, so nice and would give you everything and would feel a part of the squad. Mm. And that's what playing team sports, you know, is. That's, that's what we're teaching, mm. that, that you have value. You don't have to be the best. You have to be the fastest. You're just a human being. What, what can you bring? What can you learn? What can you share? And that's one of always, like, I guess my biggest messages in my work is connection. Connection is always the answer. And Mm. how do we find that? And I think as a parent, you know, we're always, I guess our eyes need to be open of, am I connected with my kids? And if I'm not, how do I get connected with them? And, you know, what I have loved in our co-parenting career together is that that you uh, have the ability to be super playful I'm a little bit serious, like you guys always are like, gosh, wow. it's no fun. Um, but your ability to play and be silly yep. has been so beautiful. And I see that with a lot of dads I work with actually, that playing and being silly and all that kind of stuff comes quite easily to them, mm. whereas sometimes holding the feelings and emotions is really challenging. Of course. Mm. It's easy to switch off because there's no responsibility. Traditionally, there's no responsibility with playing. 
yeah, and we can, it's an easy way to connect rather than on any other level. Mm-hmm. Um, but come, uh, uh, coupled with that is, again, I reckon that's just the surface. The surface is the play. Mm-hmm. The deeper is the touch, the listening. And I know you said open eyes, but open ears and open heart as well mm-hmm. because you can really be in the present then. Mm-hmm. And rather than sitting talking, men like to show and action. And so play is action. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I really love that. And I see that that was always a lot easier for you. Whereas I was like, come on, give me all the big feelings. Yeah. Let's sit there. <laughs> formulate it. Whereas, yeah, you can't formulate mm-hmm. some things. Yes. 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 Totally, totally. So, okay, we, we can wind up in some of these questions here. Um, what do you feel has been the most important thing in having good relationships with your kids and in our relationship as well? What's been the most important thing with mm. my relationship? Mm. Um well, the kids are just uh, listening, connecting, and not judging. Mm-hmm. Definitely not judging. I mean, there's lots of things I don't like mm-hmm. and traditionally didn't like and I wouldn't have done, mm-hmm. but it's not mine. It's not mine to pass on. If you want to do that, man, sure. Same values, everything, the surface, uh, the um, surrounding values that we've worked on as a family unit still all come to play whatever you do so yeah cool so that's that's been tricky mm. um us mm. yeah us all still go with play touch connection mm. same thing just a different connection <laughs> mikey is very playful and you always wind me up even when i'm trying to be really serious well you are very serious i'm a very serious woman Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know one other thing I'd love to touch on too is that one of the biggest fears or concerns I see for, and it comes out more for men, is particularly around behaviours with kids. You know, the old paradigm of, you know, we've got to have boundaries, which are are important, but, you know, if they do something wrong, they need to be disciplined. They need to be punished. And Mm -hmm. it was interesting just the other night when our son was here and I went out to him and I said, you know, when you were younger and, you know, you did something wrong or you did something, did you ever feel like you were going to get in trouble or get punished? Yes, yes. And he said, no. And he said, I said, not at all. And he said, no, definitely not at all. He said, I felt like I might have disappointed you or that that felt hard, but I never felt like you would punish me. And I never felt like I was going to get in trouble because I know you guys were always there. There's no value in punishment. I mean, this ball, you know, this is one of the fundamentals, I believe. What do you succeed with punishment? What you shame your kids to feel like what they did is wrong. They are stupid. They are not good enough. They are, you know, no value to you because you've humiliated them because they've done something wrong. They've just expressed where they're at. Mm. I don't have to buy into that. Mm. You're not doing it to piss me off. Mm. You're just expressing where you need to be. Something else has happened. We all, as adults, we have times, but we have the ability not to lash out because we're a little bit more controlled. But, yeah, it brings no value to punish because all they do then is just shut off. Mm. and they close down and they're not going to connect with you anymore. Mm. That's it. Mm. And I, I mean, many times we've had conversations when our kids have done stuff where, where the main thing we've done is we've sat down and we've just talked. 
whether that was two in the morning, whether yeah. it was the next day, yeah. we just sat and went, hey, what's going on? Yeah. Where are you at? You know, why? What were you thinking? How yeah. could we do it better? Yeah. And that, I think, was always, it was incredibly bonding and connecting wasn't it no i mean the, there was also the bit before that when when they did something and you and i would go into the bedroom and go what do we do now what should we say what are we thinking are we both sort of cute but we can't say that but oh shit. Yeah. we both had the workshop where mm. we were going to come from weren't we, before we go in and do it um because sometimes it was challenging especially in those teenage years where we're like what do we do right now like what if, would our parents have done oh and, they would have shut you down straight away yeah and but, we don't want to do that there, you know, I hear you talk about you've got great coined terms like you know the um, teachable moments and bits and pieces like that, and that's what it, what it is. Because if we, I mean, looking back on it now, we weren't doing this for during the time for this reason. But if you continue with um, giving the kids the opportunity to break down what just happened in a really calm, relaxed, loving, safe environment, they actually learn from it, mm-hmm. and they just then they might not obviously or not the first time or the second time, but they start to see how they act and they take responsibility for what they do and how they react to certain situations. And when you can just talk without getting in trouble, then they're actually going to get a lesson out of it and move past it instead of just doing it the same all the time. And again, you shut them down, lock them in the room, whatever, don't give them the voice. They're never going to be able to, well, Sorry, not never, but they're going to find it harder to process because all they're doing is squashing that shit down Mm. and time and time after each other. And, you know, I think that thing around punishments and discipline and stuff is something that's so ingrained in us, in society. It's been around for a long time. Marion loves talking about kind of the bigger picture of that, which she does so beautifully. What's the bigger, what's Marion's bigger picture? Well, just the bigger picture of that it's like, you know, it's years, hundreds and hundreds of years of conditioning that, Mm. you know, we must punish someone when they do something wrong. We must make them feel bad Mm. in order to behave better. Because I'm embarrassed of my offspring's behavior that's what i reckon Mm -hmm. like otherwise why are you so uncomfortable from your kid cracking the shits of being tired at a restaurant Mm -hmm. mate just Mm -hmm. relax would you Mm -hmm. kids tired just pick them up walk outside sit on a park bench have a chat work out what's going on jump in the car grab it ice cream on the way home and get home and chat about it do you know what i mean as opposed to making a scene Mm -hmm. in the restaurant dominating that kid, making yourself feel like your actions are right. Mm -hmm. And then what's achieved? What, 50 people in a restaurant think that you're a great dude? Like, mate, come on. You've done nothing there for that situation. I know. And, and, you know, I think in those situations... Sorry, that was massive judgment. But, you know, (laughs) wow, it was terrible. Sorry. (laughs) But I think... But you know what I mean. I do. Well, I mean, that's perhaps how our parents would have behaved, right? Reactive. Because socially acceptable behaviour and kids should be seen and not... Yeah, which is, I mean, that was a big, you know, thing that you got brought up with for sure on some level of kids need to be seen and not heard. And I think, you know, as we often talk about, it's the powerlessness that we often feel in those moments when our kids are having big feelings that make us respond in those Mm. ways to try and power over our Mm. kids. And that's really hard to undo that imprinting sometimes. And, you know, and I have a lot of compassion for parents particularly when they do get angry or they do move into that because it's something that's deeply ingrained in them. 
and shifting that story and that pattern, you know, takes practice. It definitely takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we were like that too. Like in the beginning, I think we had, you know, just because we didn't know any better, you know, how do we control these situations? What do we do until we love, we, we grow and we learn. And I think, you know, I would offer to any parents, with young kids to be so gentle and kind to yourself because mm. particularly if you're wanting to raise your kids with, you know, a different style of parenting and, and with aware parenting or just this conscious parenting, you know, we have to undo a lot of what was learned, you know, in, in, instinctively, not instinctively, we have to undo a lot of what was ingrained in us, sorry, to, um, to do it a different way. We often talk yeah. about first generation where parenting is hard because you're doing all the work. And I think this is, I guess where we see this now where our kids are bigger, the language we use in our home or how that looks is so natural to them that mm. we hear them doing it with their friends. Yeah, of course. With, with their partners, with those kind of things because yeah. it is just, you know, and I, I can't wait to see what happens when they have children and where mm. that goes. So, yeah, it is, it's, it's all learning. It's mm. all learning. And, you know, and I think we... um. It takes practice. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Because it, and originally it doesn't come naturally. It's like the way that we would um, do the same as our other generations before us is anti-awareness mm. parenting because you don't think you're just doing it exactly the, the same way. And you need to question mm. what you're doing. And I'll go back to that kid at the you know, hysterical child who's blah, 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 blah. Hand on heart as a parent, you have that same situation five, six times in a row. Mm. You can't tell me that after the fifth or sixth time you can actually go, oh, this is working. Mm. It's just going to role play exactly the same. Mm. Something's going to change. Mm. And a six-year-old, three-year-old, 12-year-old, 18-year-old mm. is not, okay, maybe the 18-year-old, but, you know, a young kid is not going to have the awareness or um, the maturity to be able to go, oh, shit, that didn't work. Maybe I'll do it differently. They're just doing their childish behaviour. So, therefore, it's our responsibility to go, maybe we can do it better. Yes. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's us. It's up to us. It's, it's never up to our children to, to um, you know, fix our feelings or make us feel better. It's our job to be there to hold the space for them to totally. be who they need to be, coming back to that that same place and mm -hmm. the freedom to be who they need to be yeah who they need to be not who we need them to be that's exactly it yeah the freedom for them to be who they need to be you know for me that is one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids mm. to to give them that space and that belief to do and be that mm. yeah yeah, for sure. I should just say that I've got three of the most amazing kids. <laughs> you can say that. I'm uh, very, very blessed. Yeah. And it's, I can't, you know, put it 100% down to parenting styles. It's also them. Mm. But, yeah, wow. Mm, they're amazing, aren't mm. they? Yes, we're very, very blessed. Mm. Well, thank you, Michael, for sharing your, uh, your insights okay. into parenting. I hope this hasn't been too scary for you sitting here recording this, you know. Yeah. Bitten a couple of nails. <laughs> um, Maybe I should have got the list of questions first. <laughs> no, you do beautifully. It is. It's confronting sometimes sharing, talking about this, and it's um, you know, look, I talk about it all the time. So for me, it's just a oh yeah, I'm just having another conversation. But yeah. I really thank you for being Thanks. so transparent and um, for sharing your story and your journey with it. You're a beautiful dad. Thank you. And I'm very honoured to be your partner and yeah. to journey the journeys we've had. And, you know, I guess the idea of this podcast really was to 
I guess just for those dads who are new to this, who are journeying it, who are, are learning to just to say keep going and that you know to keep connecting into your heart and know that it, it really is worth it. Yeah, it is long, term and very little is um, achieved by dominating mm. your children. There's just no value to it. So, yeah, we want to raise kids who are great people mm. that we can connect with mm. down the track. Mm. And I think it is, it's that being willing to do the work to be able to get to that spot yeah. is definitely worth it. But mm. what else are you doing it for? Mm. Mm. That's yeah. the question, really. Yeah. Why? Yes. Why? Yes. Well, thank you for being here, baby. Thank you. Mm. Play for Lale. <laughs> Uh, and thank you for everybody for listening. Um, Marion is now going to do part two, which will be released about a week after this with her, um, the father of her children and her ex-partner, Michael. And they're going to talk a lot about just what that is, co-parenting and um, being separated and how that journey has been for them. So thank you to everybody also who shares our podcast, who sends us messages. We really, really appreciate it. And um, for those who are new, please go and rate us on iTunes and, you know, share the love because, um, you know, we more people who can, you know, get this information, if it makes a difference for them, the happier it makes us. So thank you for being here, everyone. Thank you again, my love. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.